the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Reaching Your Heart. Yesterday, we brought you the first portion of the true gospel. We'll complete that message here today. But don't forget, you can always go to ReachingYourHeart.com on the Internet to listen to the entire message without interruption. That's ReachingYourHeart.com. We'll have more information about that and more at the close of our broadcast today. So please stay with us for just a few seconds afterwards. Let's get underway with the true gospel. Here now is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko. And we were all downloaded into his mind in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he carried the burden and the mess of it all in a single human body to the cross of Calvary. And he took his arms and he moved it to the east, moved it to the west. And he circled the world and he embraced planet Earth, past, present, and future. And he said, it is finished at the cross of Calvary. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-5. Now here is one of the clearest statements of the Gospel of the New Testament. Paul says, Now I would remind you, brethren, in what terms I preach to you the Gospel, the good news, the true Gospel, which you received in which you stand. Verse 2, By which you are saved, if you hold it fast, unless you believed in vain. Now according to verse 2, you remain saved by holding the truth of the apostolic Gospel to the end. So don't let someone come and trick you out of what is that gospel. Look at verse 3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. In other words, I didn't come up with this. And number two, this is the most important truth I received. That Christ died, what does it say? For our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. Now it moves on. It says that He was buried... That he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, then to the twelve. I mean, you look at this passage, verse 3. The most important truth in the Gospel is the truth that Jesus died for your sins on the cross of Calvary. Now, if you don't think he needed to die for your sins, you don't even get there. He died for your sins. Someone had to. He did. He died because deep in the heart of God there was a love and a mercy in that law of His that was deep. And the law of God required mercy for the sinner to be the law of life as well as death for the sinner. The same law that requires death required mercy. And how do you pull that off? Jesus is mercy and God's judgment in one. He is God's law hanging on the cross for you. In perfect agreement, the heart of God is true and revealed at the cross of Calvary. Christ died for your sins, Paul says. The single most important truth in the gospel, it is this truth. And you can't change it, you can't improve on it, you cannot experience life unless you humble yourself to admit that you need a Savior for your sins. Friend, when Jesus died, He rose from the dead with a new life for you. He died for your sins, this is true. He was born for you. 
But he didn't leave it there. When he arose from the dead, his victory means that God's judgment has been pronounced on you in Christ. It is the future that we see. Romans 4.25. Paul writes, Christ, who was put to death for our trespasses. The Greek is parodidomi, handed over. Given up. Given up to the wrath of God's judgment on sin. He was put to death for our trespasses. The key word is for. And he was raised, and here we see the word for again. For our justification. The Greek word for justification is just a legal word that means acceptance, really. Christ was raised for your legal and emotional acceptance. Now, why is legal acceptance necessary? Is God a legalist? No. But God is the author of the law of God, isn't he? Well, isn't he? Isn't there a law? You want to tell your kids, you know, little Johnny, there's no law. Don't worry. Just do what you feel like doing. That doesn't work. I've raised children. They don't grow up good that way. You got to say, here's the law. You don't do this. Yeah, you don't do it. And hopefully they get to be older. They internalize it as principles. But in the meantime, then you know there's a law. There is a law in this universe. God established it. It's what makes the universe tick. It means you love others more than yourself. It means you put God before yourself. And if the whole universe is that way, it's fine. It's when selfishness comes in, breaks that law, that all these other problems occur. And because that law was broken, there's a legal problem with the sinner. He's not in tune with God's law. So how does God present a sinner before a sinless universe as part of the family if he's not true to his own law? Well, friend, at the cross, he was true to his law. He died because it cannot be altered. And so when God accepts you in Christ, when God accepts you in Christ in the resurrection, it means that all that God has done for you, even as you are growing as a sinner, He can legally declare before the universe that you are not guilty because the just requirement of the law had been met at Calvary's cross. When God raised Jesus from the dead, God reversed the condemnation of the cross and the verdict of death for every man and every woman in His resurrection. When God raised Jesus from the dead, it means that in Jesus, and that's the key phrase, in Jesus. If you're not in Jesus, none of this works. You're accepted by faith in Him, and God will raise you from the dead just like He raised His Son, Jesus. Now, I feel like saying hallelujah to that. Hallelujah to that. Praise God for Jesus. Jesus is the good news that you're accepted by God in Him right now. A right now righteousness for the judgment day. Before the judgment day. And in the judgment day. Jesus died and rose again. And then he died and went back to heaven for a very good reason. Why did he go? Hebrews 7.24. Take your Bibles. Quickly turn. It says, but Jesus holds his priesthood how long? Permanently. Because he continues how long? Forever. He has the power of an indestructible life in the resurrection. He can never die. Consequently, He is able for all time to save those who draw near to God through Him. That's the condition. Since He always lives to make intercession for them. Friend, you may feel alone in life. And maybe you are alone in life. Maybe the awful stuff you deal with in your past and your family is so difficult for you that you just don't know how God could accept you. I want you right now to imagine the truth 
to imagine the truth. That means to exercise faith. Close your eyes and imagine Jesus Christ at the right hand of God, standing before God, actually sitting at the right hand of God, according to the Hebrews, because his work is finished, and praying with arms outstretched to his loving Father who meets his hands and touches them. He says, Father, I pray for Joe, Sue. Now put your name there. He is ever praying for you in that way. You may open your eyes. There's not a moment of your life that Christ does not pray for you. You are not alone because the one who died for you, was raised for you, lives for you. No one else is praying for you. Jesus is praying for you in heaven. The one who was born for all the people, the one who is the source of a new life for everyone, the one who died for your sins because of the condemnation of the law, that is the most important truth of the true gospel. The one who was raised for your acceptance, which means justification. The same one always lives to pray for you and to intercede for you, to claim the power of God for you, to call on God by virtue of his perfect life just for you. Jesus lives to pray for you, making intercession for you. But that's not all there is to the true gospel. Turn to Matthew 24, 13 and 14. Jesus called the gospel the gospel of the kingdom. He said in verse 13, Matthew 24, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. Then the end will come. I mean, he's not in a hurry to destroy this planet. Christ wants to save the world. He wants the apostolic gospel to reach planet earth. He wants every heart to know who he is. The apostolic gospel is the good news that Jesus was born for all the people as a savior. That's the first component. Number two, that he lived to bring abundant life, to replace lifeless living. His life takes the place of your failed life. Number three, that he died for our sins as our substitute. The most important truth in the apostolic gospel that he was raised for our acceptance, number four, that you're justified because of him, his death and resurrection, and that he continues to live, to make intercession for us. He has taken the victory of the cross and the resurrection into the future, into your life. He applies it. And that's not all there is of the true gospel. Jesus called the gospel the gospel of the kingdom. It involves your future. What he has done matters in your future. There's one more truth that is good news because of Jesus. Daniel 7. Just before the end of time, the prophet Daniel sees a great fiery throne in the Ancient of Days, who is God the Father sitting on that throne. There is fire and flame in Daniel 7.10. The text reads, The court sat in judgment and the books were opened. A pre-advent judgment in heaven. In the judgment of Daniel 7, there are millions of angels and thrones are all about God's throne. In the center is God sitting on His throne as the Ancient of Days, surrounded by the host of heaven. God the Father, the holy angels, and the flaming fire are all there. And only one other person is added to the mix. You aren't in this scene. Daniel 7, 13, I saw in the night visions. And behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and kingdom 
that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve Him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and His kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Friend, God's kingdom is the kingdom, and God gives the kingdom to Jesus. And Jesus, who is the Son of Man, receives the kingdom in the judgment in heaven just before the end of all things and the second coming. And we know how this happens. The book of Revelation says He stands before His Holy Father and the angels. And He confesses our names before His Father and the holy angels. And God gives Him the kingdom. The one who took your place on Calvary's cross. The one who took your place at birth and life. The one who is for you and intercedes for you every day of your life. If you are in Christ, and that's the condition by faith, He will be your substitute in the judgment day. He will be your substitute in the judgment day, your proxy. And He will confess you and ask for you as part of His kingdom. That's why it is part of the gospel. It is part of the gospel of the kingdom. Luke 19, 11, 12, and they heard these things. And Jesus proceeded to tell a parable because He was near Jerusalem. And because they supposed that the King of God was to appear immediately, He said, therefore, a nobleman went into a far country to receive His kingdom and then return. Friend, Jesus has gone to heaven to wait for the judgment of Daniel 7. In heaven, at the end of the four great world empires. And yes, it's an investigative judgment. It's a pre-advent judgment. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who settled accounts with his servants. But what is the passion of Christ in this judgment? It is to confess your name before the Father. It's to take the merits of the cross the victory of His work in your life, and for you to stay out of it. I mean, you to stay out of it. You don't get between Him and the Father. You have faith in Him. You make sure that the lines of communication are open with Him. You cling to Him as your only source of life. You say what that man said, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. You hang on to Him. If it's that way, it's good enough. And He will confess your name before the Father and His holy angels in the judgment, which is part of the everlasting gospel. Jesus called the true gospel the gospel of the kingdom. Why? Because Jesus is for you in the judgment just as much as He was for you on the cross of Calvary. Daniel seven twenty one. As I looked, this horn made war with the saints and prevailed over them. An antichrist horn that looks like the Son of Man has eyes like a man, a mouth like a man, but he's not the Son of Man, steps into the scene to pervert the gospel in the Middle Ages. The little horn in Daniel 7 looks like the Son of Man, but he's only an imposter in history. He has eyes and a mouth like a man, but he's not the Son of Man. Jesus' ministry was three and a half literal years. This little horn has a ministry which tears down the church for three and a half prophetic years, a time, times, and half a time in Daniel 7.25. He takes the church into captivity in Daniel 7.25. Christ built the church in three and a half years and this horn tears it down in the Middle Ages, subverts the truth of the true gospel. The little horn took over the church in the Middle Ages and acted like He was the Son of God. And people were directed away from what Jesus had done and what He's doing, what He will do at the end of the age. Friend, the people of God were beat up and persecuted during that time period until the judgment set in heaven. And the church's fate was reversed by heavenly intervention in history. 
The second great awakening occurred in the 19th century. Prophetic truth poured into the Christian world. The proclamation of the soon return of Christ. The proclamation of the seventh day Sabbath as the sign and seal of the everlasting covenant of God's grace that led Jesus to Calvary's cross to affirm the promise of the Sabbath. It is finished. In time truth emerged at the end of the world at the time of this judgment. Why? Because it is not in God's plan that the church of Christ be less than victorious at the end. Daniel 7, 21, I looked, this horn made war with the saints, prevailed over them until the ancient days came, and judgment was given for the saints of the Most High. And the time came when the saints received the kingdom. Friend, Jesus is the only one who receives His kingdom for His people. You don't get it because you're good enough. You get it if you're in Christ. Jesus is the one who was born for all the people. Jesus is the one who lived a perfect life to give us the abundant life. Jesus is the one who died for our sins. The most important truth in the true gospel. Jesus is the one who was raised for our justification, which means our acceptance. Jesus is the one who ever lives to make intercession for you. And friend, Jesus is the one who stands before God's throne right now the judgment hour of human history is your proxy, your substitute, who confesses your name before the Father and the angels. At the end of human history, He will receive the kingdom for you if you believe in Him. You know, there was a very famous dialogue that was initiated recently between the Vatican and elements in the evangelical charismatic world. It was a special message sent to Kenneth Copeland in which there was an overture of peace and reconciliation for Protestants and Catholics to unite. It was argued prior to the presentation of that video that the elements of the gospel, which were the cause of great debate in the Reformation, have been resolved, that the papacy and the Protestant church effectively have one statement of faith which has resolved these issues. And I heard this. And I thought to myself how unbelievable it was because it wasn't true. And here's why. Because at the heart of that statement that was formed by these two groups, they placed the human response as necessary for acceptance. The Council of Trent, which was the great formation of theology after Luther had nailed his 95 theses at the church door of Wittenberg, the Reformation taught by grace alone, by faith alone. And it taught that we are accepted in Christ by justification, by faith alone. That sanctification is the fruit of the gospel. It is not the gospel. That God's acceptance in Christ is rooted in who Jesus is. That the minute you put yourself in the mix and you make how good you are as the basis of your acceptance, you aren't accepted by God because God's mercy and grace is the basis of acceptance. And even in this statement, you could hear the voice of the Council of Trent. Friend, it's not a compromised gospel that is the gospel. We can embrace the law of God as Christians because we believe the grace of God was necessary because of the awful sin of Adam. And we can embrace forgiveness as Christians because we believe that in Christ God has finished His work. There is no longer a need to sacrifice Christ at a Mass because Christ died once and for all 
at the cross of Calvary. And the medieval church lost that vital sense that Jesus' work is a finished work, plenty capable of saving the vilest sinner. And that truth was not proclaimed in that reconciliation overture. There's a lot of stuff going on today. Lots of voices proclaiming what the gospel is and isn't. Go to your Bible and cling to the truth. The true gospel. Daniel says judgment was given for the saints of the Most High. The time came when the saints received the kingdom. Jesus is the substance and the content of the apostolic gospel, period. We don't come home to the mother church. As that overture said. We come home to Jesus when we accept the gospel. The church is not Christ. The church is God's avenue so people can reach Christ. And so this notion that somehow we come home to the church when we have proper unity. Friend, a church that is not true to the apostolic gospel is a harlot in the apocalypse. God requires of us that we surrender to the truth that is in Jesus. God is calling you to come home to Jesus, the Savior's soul. Jesus is the good news that is the truth. Jesus is the good news that will go to all the earth and then the end will come. The simple truth of who Jesus is will bring the end of the world. The gospel is the truth that you cannot afford to reject at the end of time. It is the ultimate truth that you need in your life right now. You need to go to your Bible to make sure you understand it. Don't take my word for it. Look these verses up. And because you need Jesus, God has chosen Jesus to reverse the bad news of your life. So you aren't saved because you come to reaching hearts. You aren't saved because of what denomination or what church you come home to. You're saved when you come home to God through Christ. And Jesus is not an optional truth if you want to live forever. Jesus is the truth, the true gospel. Our Savior put it plainly in Mark 16, 15. And He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Dear heart, Jesus wants you to believe. He didn't suffer for you, so you would not. He pled for you, so you would believe. Jesus is the good news of the true gospel. Jesus is an infinite gift that has been given for you as if you were the only person in the universe precious to God. Jesus is good news that holds the key for every piece of God's future for you. If you have Jesus, you have everything God offers you. All the riches of God are in Jesus. Why? Because God emptied heaven's bank account in Jesus just for you. Believe the true gospel. There are a lot of false gospels out there. A lot of smart people who just take away that ancient truth. Don't let them do it. Confess your need of a Savior right now. Call on His name to save you. And you will be saved. The angel got it right when he sent the shepherds to the manger with the good news. Unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The angel announced the good news that Jesus was born to be a Savior for all the people. And the last time I checked, all the people means you too. Believe the true gospel and live forever. For Jesus' sake, live for Jesus.
Dear Heavenly Father, we have worshipped you today. Dear Father, in our sanest moments, we know that when we try our hardest without you, we get nowhere. And Father, may we not have an old covenant experience which tries to obey the law based on effort. May we worship the Son of God who died for us, who removed our guilt as far as east is from the west, who is your means by which you say, I'll remember their sins no more. And may this truth create obedience in this place, not the obedience of fear, but the obedience that comes through faith, which is the purpose of the gospel. Lord, we know that in the future, the enemy of souls will try every means to strip us from Jesus, take Jesus away. May you give every person here the Son of God. And Lord, before I end this prayer, it could be that some dear soul here needs to accept Christ right now. And Father, right now as every head is bowed, if you're that person, you say, Lord, I accept what I heard today. I believe that Jesus died for me and I accept that he is my acceptance. And I'm grateful. Raise your hand to God right now. Father, you see the hands and you know the hearts that are decided for you. We don't always have to have a public call to respond. We can do so right here when heads are bowed. And Father, may you take that heart. May they become rooted in the scriptures and be able to grow and know the issues of the end and have a firm knowledge of the gospel. And Father, may we grow in you and thank you for loving us and getting us there in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that will complete the true gospel. Today's Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. You can find it online under the broadcast schedule at reachingyourheart.com if you'd like to download a copy to your personal library. You can help us with a financial contribution. We so appreciate that. Please consider doing so. You can donate online there at reachingyourheart.com or you can send your contribution to Reaching Hearts International, 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. That's 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Thanks for joining us. And until we meet again, we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.